0: And welcome to another episode of MatchCast.
1: Another episode of MatchCast. Very excited to record this episode, this podcast, live on Facebook video. And we're going to talk about communication today, Brian.
0: So what better way than to communicate live, in person, and over audio on the podcast?
1: Yeah, however you want to uh, take in this communication about communication, it's up to you. Podcast, Facebook Live, read it
0: on our site, all the above. Well, the reason why we're going to talk about communication today and uh, why we think it's such an important topic to dedicate some uh, content to it is that at the end of the day, there's a lot of different things that an agency can do for a particular client or for a relationship. But really, communication often makes or breaks that relationship and really ends up being the key. Tactics, not so much, but communication.
1: Absolutely. It's, it sometimes can sound a little bit general or broad. Or when simple. It's simple. When it, well, or sometimes or overlooked. Or obvious when someone says, what's the difference between you and another agency? Why should we hire you instead of somebody else? And so communication is, feels like a bad answer to that, but it's really actually one of the main levers of something that works well or doesn't work well between an agency and a client.
0: Sure. And I I can remember literally on the first week we started this agency when we talked, what were some of the core beliefs that we really were going to hold dear? And one of the first things we said was communication uh, because we both had backgrounds in hiring other agencies. And usually those relationships were made or break by communication.
1: Yeah, so in the absence of just having that cheap answer of communication or, you know, return on investment or anything else, like kind of a bucket of why we're different or, or why sometimes someone might say, How are you guys different? We thought we'd dig into some details here about um, how we communicate, things that we've learned about communication, not just uh, with clients and agencies, but generally within business, and then a bunch of tools that are out there that are very, very common that a lot of businesses and agencies use to communicate the kind of layer on top of each other. And there's so many of them and we've tried them all. And so uh, we'll yes, talk about that as well. Talk about
0: some of the nitty gritty, but uh, talk about how they fit that overall theme of uh, how we like to communicate with clients and why we think it's so important.
1: Right. So you talked about our both of us having had the experience being on the other side where we've hired agencies for businesses. And that might be a good place to start because I definitely had experiences where someone might say they were good at communicating as they're trying to sell us on uh, working with them as an agency for a while. And we'd have a really good call, a kickoff sales call, essentially, where I felt like they were listening to me and they, they asked good questions about what exactly, you know, they needed or what our goals are. And then ultimately they would turn back around a proposal or the next step would fall flat because they weren't at all following up on the conversation that we'd started. And it was like, did we not just discuss all of this? Yeah,
0: sometimes it almost felt like uh, an oversell or a reverse sell on their part. Like, why aren't you getting back to me right away? Am I supposed to want this service so bad? But really the ones that tended to go well were, you know, immediate follow-up, attention to detail, constant communication, meeting multiple members of the other team, all the sort of things that there's just signals of meeting someone that is going to do that follow-up and do that legwork that you want to see throughout a relationship. Yeah. And so one thing that
1: we try to model is that the sales process and the very first conversations you have with us are very much like what you can expect if you actually hire us when we work together. So this again goes back to an experience that I personally had when I was looking at hiring an agency for a startup that I was at and we had that great first conversation. And then he gave me this very cookie cutter proposal. And I was just like nothing that we talked about, nothing that we asked specifically for, nothing that was customized or specific to our business. Months later, like he went silent and then months later he came back and said, Hey, I just wanna know if you any if you feedback, why you didn't hire us and I said, If you really want to know, this is why I was looking at the sales process as a model for what it would be like to talk with you and work with you regularly. And what I got was we might have a good call, but the follow up wasn't good. You weren't going to have the next conversation that followed up on the previous conversation was just like we had never talked before and you sent me a cold proposal.
0: Sure. And I think that happens more often than not in this business. So it's why we try to model ourselves differently.
1: Absolutely. So once we have this initial sales calls and they've gone well and the communication builds where there's kind of a beginning, middle and end to that process. And then there's multiple people who come in both on our team and on the client team. And I think that's one of my biggest takeaways. And it's a little bit obvious, but it's like you're dealing with people on the other side. We often think of our firm and their company or we're the agency and they're the client but the reality is oftentimes or always you're dealing with a person on the other side and that person has moods and has family and has other things going on
0: differing has, differing backgrounds different company dynamics yeah they
1: may have a boss that this is their pet project or they may have a boss who doesn't like this project and sure you have to like start to figure out and feel through who are these people's what are their
0: who are the stakeholders and what do they really hope to get out of this absolutely you know, after that first process really kind of gets over the hump and hopefully they end up being a client of ours, usually there's a flurry of communication at the beginning of any relationship. And in those days, it's really, really important to communicate very, very clearly. Uh, have very clear steps and very, very clear milestones of what you're trying to accomplish over the short period of time. And that's kind of how things start in a sort of controlled chaos. But it's also so important to make sure that's following a timeline and make sure you're following that additional SOW.
1: Yeah, it can, that that setup can feel a little bit chaotic because there's so many actions happening and there's so much back and forth to check on over these very small details that are important to get in place before we really start working. But like you said, those deliverables and those goals and the things that the exact um, description of the things that are going to be done should have been starting to take shape from the very first sales call, and then ultimately what. We sign with the client is a list, a statement of work. This is the work that we're going to do. This is how it's going to be done. This is why. This is a general sense of the timeline that's all going to happen in. And then everything we do after that, we know we can always come back to that. Not that anything's set in stone and we're not going to change if, if needed, but we always know that that's a place we can check back in. So even in those early moments, the first couple of weeks where there's a lot of that communication, a lot of back and forth, tons of emailing, a random ad hoc call because you got to get some small detail over the hump and it's easier to do over the phone than, than over email. All those things happen, kind of get this first rhythm going. Rhythm and and a
0: lot of quick wins, we like to call them. But after that process really comes to settle, we like to tend to try to work in some longer cycles, mainly because our work is so iterative and that it's very, very hard to have a quick update on the progress that we made yesterday, because whatever change we made yesterday for the client, that change might not even stick two days from now. It's more of an iterative process where we need some digital feedback from all the different reporting and different analytics processes we in place. So we really tend to cycle in uh, bigger chunks, usually around two weeks.
1: Yeah. So almost all of our clients, we have calls every two weeks. I think this is pretty common uh, between digital agencies and clients, or at least that's what we hear. And To your point of like why every two weeks, like you said, every week sometimes feels like too short of a time because say we have a call, then that day and the next day we're making a few changes in response to that call. If we have a call three days after that, we might not have been able to turn enough work and cycle enough work and see the results come back to really have a productive use of the client's time.
0: Sure. And probably just as importantly, uh, making snap judgments uh, off a change in digital marketing is often misconstrued. Yeah, when it's a two week time period, there's just much more to
1: report than one week, so we're using making better use of the client's time and our and our time. so we we have these every two week calls. In the best case, after a month or two, it starts to feel like there's a really good rhythm, and we're very much on the same page. The goals are all going in the right direction. The people on the other side. Uh, feel like they know what's going to happen and the expectations are clear. People on our side know what has to happen next. We know what the client's goals are. And so even during these calls every two weeks, we hope that these start to feel very comfortable and very rhythmic and that we're very much in sync. Now we always want questions. We always want to know if anything changed or anything that the client needs to tell us that's going to change our plans or change our way of looking at it. But at the beginning of the call, one thing that we are starting to be more explicit about is the, purpose benefit check. So a guy we know named Craig Wortman, who we saw speak a while back here in Chicago, a lot of sales and storytelling talks about the purpose benefit check. He calls it the PBC. Just the beginning of the call, we have a very explicit document with all everything that we want to talk about. It has reports. This is what we talked about last time. This is what we've done since. Here's, you know, very, very detailed. And sometimes I or we've made the mistake of just like just start regurgitating that to the client.
0: Or here are the results and okay, any Any questions? We
1: talk for 15 or 20 minutes without stopping and say, okay, I hope everything's good. So instead of doing that, the purpose-benefit check, the PBC at the beginning of the call says, here's what the purpose of the call is, here's what we hope the benefits will be, do we all agree? So it starts with a much higher level, this is what we're gonna do at this time, Do we agree? Is there anything else that you want us to focus on first or answer first?
0: And that fits because a lot of our clients don't have set in stone marketing budgets or marketing plans. They're very fluid and they change over the course of the year. Their goals may change. Uh, We may come to a key learning or understanding about the process of selling their project or their product digitally. Uh, And that's going to change kind of the the entire dynamic and our, our alignment. And It has to be in sync. The goals have to stay in sync as things start to move and as that process continues.
1: These calls become our regular checkpoint every two weeks. Hopefully, and very often, that becomes a very, uh, again, rhythmic and in sync sort of feeling for both the client and people on the client side and the people on our side. But sometimes when needed, like we said, we always go back to our statement of work and say, let's be sure that we're on track, at least what we said we would do, whether it was a couple months ago or six months ago or a year ago when we agreed on the statement of work. Sometimes it needs to be updated, and sometimes we need to go back to that and say, hey, are we doing all the things that we all agreed would be the things that we would do? And whatever the answer
0: to A, B, does doesn't need to be updated? Sure. And then another piece, like, you know, when we talk about SOW check, sometimes you can get, you know, out of a line, and that's why it's really important to, you know, check in. And another key point, moment to check in is when there's a new key member to the team, whether it be on the agency side or that be on the client side. Us being a small agency, it's more often on the client side. Uh, that a new member enters the team or they may hire a new consultant or something changes within their team dynamic. And it's really, really important at that moment to make sure that everyone's in sync.
1: Yeah, that's a big one. And, And that just... If you keep a client long long enough, which we are lucky to be able to do, and hopefully that continues to happen, and you feel very comfortable with the team on the other side, there's really clear communication. There's this history built up of they know that we're going to be reliable and do what we say we're going to do. We know what the results are. We know what's important to them. We know where they sit in the the business. We oftentimes have met this person face to face. I mean, if they're in Chicago, absolutely, a lot of our other clients, we uh, always, like to get the chance to get in person. And then all of a sudden that person's gone for whatever reason.
0: It's almost almost like their relationship resets.
1: Totally restarts. And the new person who comes in more often than not, there's going to be a little bit of choppiness in that first discussion. Sometimes we don't even know that it has changed and we're just on the call one day expecting the normal team and all of a sudden there's a new voice and the other person's gone. And so this is it for, from our point of view, this is a moment where we're very much not focused on our own emotions or feelings, or sometimes that can be scary or unsettling for us or frustrating or confusing. You know, a and lot of too- times
0: that person comes in and it's almost like an audit on our on our past work. For and sure. in some ways it can come off as criticism over our past work and our past relationship, but it really can't be that because mm-hmm. the decisions were made in the past for a particular reason, uh, hopefully the right reason. But the thinking process, movie, one, that person needs to understand what those reasons were, but more importantly, you need to understand the reset and that, what that dynamic's gonna look like going forward.
1: Right, and so it's just we could have feelings
0: of wow they're
1: criticizing us and we've done all this good work and they don't even understand it and that's the wrong way to go about it of course and so even if we may feel that way we never think about that or focus on it you just kind of have to let it go and think about the other person that's where empathy comes in and we talk about this a lot too but that new person on the client side has a new job and they might not know their teammates that well and they want to ask some questions because they want to understand maybe this is something that they feel really strongly about. And so it's really important to listen to them. We obviously will take notes on whatever it is they're asking about. Just be really just like if they were a brand new client, because they are, even if the, you know it's a 500 person team and this is one new person, it's really important that they start to feel that same support from us that, okay, if we ask match a question, even if it's not the smoothest phone call. If we ask them a question, they're going to follow up with a response. Like when they say they're going to dig back into something that I ask about, they're going to, so as we start doing that, we build that trust with the new person. Whatever it is, and it's not as crass as just trying to make that person look good, but you have to understand that there's a human there that got a new job, that has all the sorts of anxieties that you might have if you got a new job. And so we need to support them. And usually after a couple of weeks or a month, hope to have kind of won them over as well, at least so that they know that we're here in support. It's not about us, it's about
0: you. I think getting a little more granular, you know, that communication process, we use a lot of different tools to make sure we're communicating clearly. And obviously nothing can replace good old fashioned in person, which we try to do as much as possible, like, like you mentioned earlier, but there's a lot of other tools uh, out there that we're constantly using. Video chat, becoming more and more popular, multiple platforms to do it. And, it. and it depends on what the client wants to do. You know, if they're in Chicago and they're in person and they value
1: that, we'd love to do it. If they're across the world and they, they have a distributed team, so they all, all video chat amongst themselves, sure. we're happy to video chat. We've had a couple clients that every single call sure. was a video
0: chat. Uh, we've had to talk to a potential client that sold a video chat device, yeah, actually. Yeah. But whether that be Google Hangouts, or whether that be Skype, or whether that be Vidi, uh, you know, jumping on the platform that people are most comfortable with is no problem. And
1: there's so many platforms. And that's part of what we're going to get into next is, you know, in-person is what it is. The uh, old-fashioned video chat is, you know, it could be Skype. Like you said, there's a bunch of others. The old-fashioned phone call, you know, that like we mentioned, every two weeks we have a phone call. Phone is just a richer communication than chatting online is. It's just a richer communication than emailing is. It's less rich, of course, than in-person. So depending on the moment or depending on the communication that needs to happen, any of these can be appropriate. And it, of course, depends on what the client's preferences are.
0: Absolutely. Um, and then a lot of things we do, uh, we use a lot of screen sharing, uh, whether that be screen uh, taking a screenshot and putting it into a PDF and sending it or doing live screen shares. Uh, one of our favorites is, is Join Me. Uh, but Skype offers that. Hangouts offers that. There's a dozen other products that offer that.
1: It's always easier to show something than to describe it, especially in our work, whether we're showing an ad or results or a dashboard or something. Got to see that. And
0: sometimes you can think, well, they've got access to the same analytics that we do. Why don't they just log in and see that? But, you know, most of the analytics products we're dealing with are, are pretty complicated and get into specific reports and specific segments. And sometimes even Facebook reporting, we'll be talking about, we'll all, both be looking at different screens with the exact same options pulled up just because Facebook is changing so properly. So a good old-fashioned screen share really helps there. And then, you know, again, like you just mentioned before, Chris, all these products overlap in, in some way, shape, or form. But one of the simpler things is just figuring out a chat platform so you can get quick answers to people, whether that be, again, Google Hangouts, HipChat is something that's pretty popular, a lot of your or Slack very, very popular for quick chat. And, uh, you know, a lot of teams can get, I think, wed to one specific platform. And I think it's really important to understand that your client probably has some favorite platforms and you need to adapt to their favorite platform to accomplish these different functions.
1: Yeah. And good old fashioned email being the ultimate. Some, And it's another one, just like all the platforms we're talking about. Some, some organizations and some people are very heavy in their email usage all the time. Constant emails, long emails. Other organizations are clearly trying to make efforts to not be about that you have to go with what usually with what the client wants and so as a result you know given that we've we've tried you know, if you name a communication platform, I would say that we've tried it partially because Basecamp, we're...
0: Basecamp, Asana, Slack, Yammer, Evernote. Yeah,
1: HipChat. You know, we mentioned Skype and Hangouts. Part of it is because we're interested in these things. Part of it is because, like you said... We want better communication. You know, whatever whatever platform our client uses, we're going to be very likely to say, sure, we'll we'll, we'll work with you on that. Um, but as we grow, we get new teammates on our team. Our, we get new clients Clients could, teammates can change, as we mentioned, and then there's all these platforms that we can use. And, you know, these things just kind of start to spread out and go all over the place. A
0: new team member joins the team. It's hard for them to understand what I've been chatting about in Slack for the last six months. Yeah,
1: exactly. So that's just, as you mentioned earlier in this podcast, if um, a new member joins the team and they're like, what's been going on? They ask questions about things that you feel are super clear and you've been over because they're new to the team. So... We started to see this need, uh, despite all the communication platforms that are out there, despite all the different work productivity platforms that are out there, we wanted a single place where the would be the official documentation of record of the work. We would put the work there, the client could see it, the client could comment on it, and then the other part we kept getting was, what about a calendar? And so Basecamp has a calendar, Asana has a calendar, uh, we didn't even put Trello
0: in here, I don't think Trello has a calendar, but we kept hearing the same things, calendar, visual, And mobile.
1: Yeah, and where's all the work? Can I? Is there a place where I can see all the work? Where can I see all the work? And so, with these biweekly calls we've been having, a lot of the work was in those documents that we made every two weeks, and a lot of the work is in email, and that's really hard. You know, like everybody gets forwarded emails, and you have to search it. Everything's in one place, and you're like, "Where's the stuff that I need to know?" Because I got. 20 minutes to get catch up, caught up on what Matchnode's been doing.
0: And the Outlook view might be different than the Google view, and you know that looking to, to sync up things through other historical forms of communication uh, going forward can be can be very very hard. Which is specifically why we created what we're calling the Matchnode operating system, or the Matchnode OS, to really accomplish those goals, and to steal another term, have a base camp <laughs> for all all of the work we've been doing in the past. But at the same time, being really, really mindful and that we're not recreating the wheel, that we're not just creating yet another chat because there's a lot of other great tra- chat products out there. Yeah,
1: we're not going to replace email. We're not going to replace Slack. But we did build a custom, you know, secure for the client. Client gets their own login. They get a feed where... Our teammates populate the work that's been going on and update a particular topic we've been discussing and can literally document, here's what we did, here's what we discussed, or we met yesterday, here's all the notes from that, here's what the next steps are, the client can comment on that. And then that connects to a calendar. So once we've been working with the client for six months, they can be like, remember we had that one discussion. I think that was in, I think that was in October about if we were going to take Facebook ads and try X, Y, Z. They can go right back and click on the date or the week that we're talking about that, find the exact conversation, see it, pull it up. So it connects to the calendar in that way. It connects to Google Calendar so that our
0: recurring calls and everything that might happen will also be in that calendar view. Well, it actually connects to the iCal, so it's compatible across all calendars.
1: Yep. So uh, we'll put some screenshots of this in the, in the show notes so people can understand a little bit what we're talking we'll about. We'll also
0: put some on our comments in Facebook Live so You can take a shot.
1: We want to keep things simple. We certainly don't want to add new wrinkles to our clients' lives. We did want a place that the perfect example is... Uh, when that new teammate switches out, when the, the go-to person that we've been working with for nine months leaves the organization, someone else comes in they're be like, what's going on? say if you want to just look through the OS, just look through the feed, you can look back the last couple of months, you'll be able to see everything we've done. It's the it's the official documentation of the work. The client gets it over time as, as a history builds between a client and ourselves, it gets, it gets more and more valuable. And the client can download that. They can email it. They can share it. They can keep it for themselves. Of course, they own it. Um, but it's something that we're doing. And we really you know, wanted to put our money where our mouth is and say communication is this important to us. We want clients to know that it's this important to us. We want them to know what's going on. We want them to know what we've been doing. And this is a way for us to do it that we hope is helpful and clean.
0: You know, just to kind of summarize, you know, again, there are a million different tools out there. And there's a lot of different ways to communicate directly with their client. Our experience has led us to this point, and uh, we're really excited to launch this product to further those goals. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We feel like it's a big step for us. We think it's going to help people understand our work better and help recognize that the teams have multiple people. That it's not just our one person that we're talking to, or two or three people that we talk to on a regular basis. Sometimes. Their bosses might have to come in and say what's going on. This gives them a place to say, like, look, here's what's going on. So hope that clients certainly enjoy it, put a lot of time and effort into it, and hope that it really helps people understand kind of the value of what's going on and a clear look at what's going and just, just communicate better.
0: Sure. And if you have questions or comments or want to say something about the feed, let us know in the comments on the blog, let us know about the comments in SoundCloud or let us know the comments on Facebook live. Thanks for chatting today, guys. Thanks for chatting.
1: Anything, uh, any trips or or tips or tactics that you all use, we'd love to hear them too. We'd love to keep the conversation going. Absolutely.